Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. But when you mentioned um, some uncertainty about whether or not Hopkins might visit, is that because... You asked about the date, I wasn't, I'm not sure. So I'm not really a travel agent here. I'm not going to say it's going to happen here, not going to happen, or whatever. There's a lot of other stuff going on that I'm not directly involved in, so I'm not going to say anything. And then, you know, you turn around and say, oh, I misled you in some way, because that's not what I'm going to do. The always chatty and cheerful Bill Belichick would go on to say he's not a travel agent when pressed for details regarding when DeAndre Hopkins would actually arrive for his visit with the New England Patriots. With that, we say good morning. It's PFT Live. Peacock, Sirius XM 85, Sky Sports Action Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Chris Sims, Mike Florio here with you for two hours as we are fully into our own personal countdown toward a five-week hiatus, which will really not change my day-to-day life all that much, but it will allow me to not have to sit in this chair for two hours every morning, and I will miss it. I guarantee you, Chris, as I do every year, the first day of the break, and I don't mean Monday, I mean Saturday, the first morning, I'll be up and ready to go and antsy to go and itching to go the very first day welcome to my hell yeah well uh yeah that makes one of you i don't worry about me i won't be having that problem (laughs) all right i will be enjoying not thinking about anything not having to get up and worry about being on like you talk about a lot you know at 7 a.m in the morning and being on your game and having all your facts straight so that's where i really do love this time of the year it just allows you know hey check out a little bit and we're we're running low on stuff we could talk about here anyways in the NFL. It's all about to come to an end this week, right? I mean, are the who who's even in business right now? The Patriots and who else? Who else is doing something right now? Uh it, Jaguars. Yeah, the but, Jaguars. But all the all, all the veterans some, the, are, are some guys, yeah. some guys, right. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I'm looking forward to the break though, hanging out, being around the pool and being Vikings. around the family. 
I, I know the Vikings have their mandatory minicamp because one of the news items yesterday was Daniil Hunter, who yeah, is wanted, didn't wanna... apparently available in trade, right. wants a new contract, didn't show up. And skipping the mandatory minicamp when you're under contract, it sets you up for a cumulative fine for the three days just south of $100,000. It's not a huge amount if you decide to take a stand by skipping the mandatory minicamp. Even though it's mandatory, they can't do anything to you. They can't come to your house and lead you away to practice. They fine you. And again, for all three days combined, it's just under $100,000. Saquon Barkley, not at Giants mandatory yeah, minicamp. Another That's one. how we know right. the mandatory minicamp is happening. Saquon Barkley's not there. And the difference between a guy like Barkley and, and Hunter, because people get this all jumbled up, and I don't blame them because – you have to really be paying attention to the nuances of the sport to know the difference. Hunter's under contract. Yeah. Barkley isn't. No. Barkley is no more an employee of the Giants right now than you or me or anyone else out there who isn't employed by the Giants. He is not under contract. So he's not doing anything wrong by staying away. And if he doesn't accept his franchise tender, he's not doing anything wrong if he skips training camp. He can show up. It's one of the pieces of leverage a player has. Show up as late as just a few days before the start of the regular season, you get the full $10.1 million. Yeah, uh, the Giants in that situation, it, it's it's coming to an he- a head here, and it's going to be interesting. You know, we hit on it yesterday. Saquon, he's he's, he's had enough. Uh, I think the Giants, again, it, it's he's a player they need. The way they play, we're, we're not sitting here ready to, like, just go, oh, hey, we, we can rely on the Giants' passing offense to throw for 4,500 yards. Daniel Jones is really good, but I don't know if they have the weapons or the offensive line set up yet to where it could be Daniel Jones just take over the show and throw the ball all over the place. They're still going to be dependent on Saquon Barkley running the ball and finagling some plays throughout the offense framed around him and his, his dangerous abilities. So that, that'll hurt the Giants if he's not available. God, it's so weird to spend the early minutes of the program. Yeah, what are we doing? Talking about you football. got into business what, right away. What are you? What us? a weirdo Good you are. Lord. <laughs> hey, well, that that applies for many other things. Also, one thing I've noticed as I've gotten older, my hair grows faster. How does that happen? Like, I'm not complaining. I don't want to wake up bald tomorrow. Although some mornings it would be a hell of a lot easier. To just get out of the shower, run a towel over my head, get dressed, and come up here. I mean, good Lord. I mean, I, it took me extra time today just to get it all to point in the right direction. It's growing so damn fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, it's not easy to control a Chia pet. You got to gotta work at it a little bit, but you're doing okay, so don't worry, all right? <laughs> what about, did you watch the finals last night? Did you see the end of that well, at least? Or you, you didn't tune in and listen to your dad and watch the last four minutes and go, okay, I got an idea what's going on here? I watched more than the last four minutes because I happened to check the score. Right. I think on ESPN.com. I probably should have checked it on NBCSports.com now that I think about it. But I saw that it was 60-60 to with about eight minutes left in the third quarter. So I was down in my barn. And what I did was I had the music on. And instead of turning the full audio experience of the game on, I just put the TV on with the audio off, let the music run. And so I would just look up once in a while and monitor. And, you know, the back and forth and the – highs and the lows and the heater ahead and the nuggets are ahead and it just started to feel like uh-oh here we go no game six five game series nuggets gonna win and off they go they hoist the trophy I thought it was entertaining that Nick, what's his name Jokic Novak Djokovic no no Nikola no Djokic <laughs> I know that freaking tennis conversation yesterday screwed me up He's so disinterested in everything about oh, he's the hilarious. trappings of winning a championship. Like, 
why are you there? Why are you even playing? My son kept texting me. He should just retire. He doesn't care. Like, why? He just doesn't care. I saw, and I don't know what's real and what's not real. I saw a quote attributed him. to him when he was asked right. about the parade. The parade's Thursday. Oh, that's no good. I have to go home. Like, he's not going to hang around for the parade. Like, he just doesn't care. Jokic a, is a, a, a video a of him with the champagne. Like, oh, yeah, I guess I have to hold the champagne bottle right. and act like I care. He just doesn't care. Nah, he's just not into all that. He just wants to be the best. And I think, you know, have that on his mantle to go, I'm the best and I'm the man. And yeah, he doesn't seem into celebrating. He's certainly, you know, not going to be the guy that the NBA is going to frame their league around and, and his personality. But nonetheless, it's, it's, you know, for a league full of personalities, he's, he's definitely a, a team guy, right? And doesn't seem to want to have too much attention on himself. And hey, credit to the Heat. That was a, it was a good game. You know, like you said, it felt like the Nuggets were about to control it and kind of run away with it. The Heat, what, get it back to one, take the lead with like four minutes left, 3.30 left, and I went, oh, man, the Heat, they're unreal. They're going to battle. Uh, but ultimately, the Nuggets just pulled away. What a, what a weekend for Serbia between both of those two names there that you can't say. Wow, they, they dominated the sports scene there on Sunday and Monday. See, this is the... American idiot in me. I didn't even know that either was from Serbia. Well, I, yeah. I didn't know where they were from. That's uh, all right. Don't worry. You know, hey, you know, we we all got an American idiot friend and you're mine. So don't worry. You're okay. <laughs> Just having fun with you today. At some level. Uh, you mentioned the lack of personality yeah. by like Belichick. Jokic. Look, <laughs> he is who he is. Yeah. And I'm always a big proponent in people being who they are. But and I don't pay enough attention to the NBA, but one of my lamentations about the modern NBA, and again, it may be because I don't pay attention to it. I know LeBron is still around, but I remember when I would closely follow it in the 80s and 90s, you had Larry Bird, who who was far closer to Jokic exactly. than, than Magic on the spectrum of personality. But you had Magic in the game to balance him out. And yes. then came Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley and then Shaq these larger-than-life figures who were excellent basketball players, and they entertained us. It's the flip side of that scene from Gladiator when Russell Crowe throws his sword into the crowd, kind of a hazardous thing to do, and says, are you <laughs> not <of>. entertained? <laughs> I want to feel like the player is entertained by what he's accomplishing and what he's doing. I get are you, you there. happy? Are right. you having fun? Right. Are you into it? Because why should we be if you're not? But I don't know. Who are the guys in today's NBA that would be remotely close to that golden age? And is it really, you know, play the piano, get off my lawn, the no, game has no. changed. Yeah. We don't have those big, compelling personalities that make it fun to watch. I think Extra fun than just watching the game. Yeah, no, I, I think it's transition period, right? It, it's We're going from the LeBron James, Steph Curry kind of running the league and transitioning to the next group. I mean, you still have Steph Curry there, but yeah, there's not that guy right now, Mike. It's, it's not that guy that, you know, we looked at like Kobe or Michael or Shaq or Magic or Larry, like you're talking about there, where you just went, ooh, it's, it's charisma, it's a million-dollar smile, you put the mic in front of them, and we all listen because they say something, you know, very creative. Uh, I, I don't know if there is that guy. There's a lot of guys that are maybe close to that, but yeah, right now there's a little bit more of, 
hey, Kyrie Irving and Ja Morant and a little bit of that where there's just other conversations around them that kind of bring down what they can do on the court. So, yeah, the NBA is missing that guy right now in this little last few years of LeBron, the LeBron era. Have you seen the air movie? No, I'm dying to. And I, I know it comes – I think it's out on, like, on Netflix or whatever. Amazon at, Prime. Amazon, Amazon Prime, Prime. Sorry. Sorry about that. Don't want to disrespect anybody. Right. It's on there soon, though, and I'm going to do not it. Peacock. Uh, not Peacock. Not Peacock. No, no. Not yet. But, but I just want to get it right. But I want to watch it badly because it's, it's, I know it's a great story. I have this unbeaten streak that goes back years of any movie that I am looking forward to seeing because everybody says it's great. Inevitably. Inevitably, I don't like it. My son and I watched Air the other night. Neither of us liked it. I wow. fought through okay. it because I was trying to will myself into liking it. Okay. It was it was almost like a play. It was it was just dialogue, 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 scene, scene, two guys talking, two guys talking, two guys talking, these two talking, these two on the phone. It wasn't it just there and I it's not like it's commando, right? It's not first blood with Sylvester Stallone there's not going to be any real action in it the story itself isn't conducive to action it's how Nike ended up landing Michael Jordan transforming its basketball division in the 80s at a time when it was ready to pull the plug on it you always wonder how much is embellished to add to the dramatic effect but it was just the character Matt Damon plays Sonny Vaccaro in a meeting with Phil Knight on the phone with David Falk on the phone with this person, talking to this person. It just, it just yeah, didn't feel I got like you. a movie. It felt like it should have been a TV show. There was just something about it that that there was never that sense of like compelling drama that draws you in and makes you, oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And the problem is with a story like that, you we know, all know, you know what what's going to happen. Right, like, right. The, the spoiler alert, he signs with Nike. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what the hell? So, <laughs> well, so uh, I... I Thank you, Doctor Doom. I was excited to see it. Now I'm not so sure. I'm ready. I'm not clamoring for it. (laughs) Go ahead, put the mask up. Now, now, maybe I've, I've, I've tempered your expectations. Yes, you have. So when you do see it, you will enjoy it even more (laughs) than you would have, and you'll think that guy was crazy. Florio doesn't know what he's talking about. That movie's good. But I, I do that to myself all the time, all the time. The best movies are. For me, the ones where, like, either my wife and I or my son and I are looking for something to watch, it's like, hey, how about this? Hey, what's this? Oh, this looks interesting. Click. And in the first three minutes, you're like, holy crap, this is awesome. <laughs> and you're on this ride you didn't expect. And and I think that's one of the ingredients for me in I, having I that think experience. So. I think so. I can't go in thinking this is going to be great because I'm always going to be disappointed if I go in thinking it's going to be great. I, I think so. That, that doesn't shock me. I don't think that would shock anybody. You know, you hearing something. But I'm something capable of then, appreciating unexpected greatness. You're right. I'm right. capable of appreciating unexpected greatness. I know you're capable. I know you're capable. You're also very analytical and smart to where I could see if someone told you how great something was that you're going to then, uh, well, I'm not sure how great it is. Let me pick it apart. 
Let me see how great it is. Yeah, that's the Seinfeld in the office in you. That's what you. That's why you love the show. So I can see you being it goes like all that. the way back. I get that. It goes back to farther. the seventies. <laughs> yeah, it goes back to the seventies. Right. Everybody loved the Steelers. You got to love the Steelers. You got to be a Steeler fan. Well, <laughs> right. why? Why do I have to be just? How about the else's? team that I'm plays in the Super Bowl? Team. Right. <laughs> I'm going to find my own team. And uh, yes. And I'm not going to get to enjoy a single Super Bowl parade that Nikola Jokic wouldn't have attended in the seventies, thanks to the fact that I should have just gone along with the crowd. So yep. maybe yep. I should have learned something at some point in the last fifty years. Seriously. Maybe there's a point where. All those people can't be wrong. <laughs> right. Sometimes you just got to go with the flow, right? You know, it's like, hey, hey, they come out with all these different, you know, soda and, and different types of, of uh, Coke and pop or whatever else you want to go. You go, no, Coke's still the best. The one with the red can that started it all, Coke's the best. Everybody likes that jump in. Sometimes it's just that obvious. I thought you didn't drink that stuff. I do every now and then. You're just using that as a metaphor. Yeah, I was as a metaphor. Every now and then, though. That'd be like, if I, you know, every now and then on a Friday night, Saturday night, if I'm eating a, a, you know, stuff your face kind of meal, I might break out a Coke or a ginger ale, one of the two, something like that. But it's rare. I don't do it too much. Ginger ale's underrated. Oh, ginger ale is underrated. One of the one of the most refreshing, great drinks, and it has no caffeine, so it's a double double winner there. I'm with you, though. Ginger ale is really one of my favorites. Well, we started with Bill Belichick not being a travel agent. We ended with ginger ale. Let's move to the player that Belichick was talking about, or as the case may be for him, not talking about. I'm not a travel agent. Hopkins visited with the Titans. Sources visit went well, and the Texans ex- or the Titans, excuse me, extended an offer. Well, of course they extended an offer. What did they do? They brought him in for a visit to say no thank you. They, they've done their homework. They, I mean, barring the guy showing up and pissing everyone off, they were going to give him an offer. And, and again, we said last week, this is possibly, possibly about his agent just starting the lawnmower. Yeah. Sitting around waiting, wasn't getting the offer that DeAndre Hopkins wanted. You got to pack a bag, you got to hop a plane, and you got to go from team to team. And you got to let these teams see you and maybe hope that somebody gets a little antsy, a little excited. We got to get this guy. He's going to sign with somebody else. So Titans meet with him. They make an offer. He's going to go to New England, and I'm sure they'll make an offer. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, will he get something better? And we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. How do you balance right. whatever a non-high-end contender would offer versus what Chiefs Bills eventually would offer because clearly Chiefs Bills are interested because they're the two teams that reportedly were talking to the Cardinals about a trade yeah. that never happened. I'm I'm assuming unless the and I don't I haven't heard the Bills have closed the door. All I've heard is the Bills are dug in on whatever they're gonna offer right. because they add a tight end in the first round of the draft, Dalton Kincaid, who becomes pass catching option that yeah. maybe Hopkins. Exactly. Would be. Very similar. So they have less yeah. of an urgency than they would have had before the draft. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Exactly right. And then there's probably, you know, like you said, a, a price point that the Chiefs and the Bills are looking at to go, we're not gonna go over. We're not we're not that desperate for you. We still are really good and you know, they're gonna make sure it works that way. I'm with you, Mike, and that thought that like you had that last week, maybe that was the Tennessee rumor was something to kind of get things jump started, right? Get some interest from people, get the agent, you know, in, in the in good terms with his player. Look, hey, we got this going. But, you know, also I think as time goes and just, you know, talking to a few people and, and, and digesting the situation, I, I think it's it, it's real. 
You know, it might have started that way, but you know, the 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 thing that just comes back to me more times than not here is just the two teams you're talking about in the Titans and Patriots. They're desperate. They're desperate. There's a real need here. There is. And that's where Hopkins and I think it could be intriguing to him, right? Where it's, yeah, it's not the Chiefs or the Bills. It's a little risky. You might not set yourself up for, yeah, an air show and you're going to get 80 or 90 catches, but you might get 80 or 90 catches because you are the only option or you're by far the best option on either one of those football teams too, right? So that's where the rubber meets the road here with DeAndre Hopkins is he goes to the Titans, he goes to the Patriots, he's the number one guy, he's the guy that they're going to formulate plays around, he's going to get yards and receptions and things to set himself up for maybe another payday. And that's where I think it could be a, a, a real positive for him, even though it's not a team that you know is in the Super Bowl contention conversation uh, as we sit here right now. Yeah, and we'll see where it goes from Tennessee to New England, and he's got time. At this point, the offseason programs are all ending. It's not like he's going to sign with somebody and show up for the last day of mandatory minicamp. This is about laying the foundation for the start of training camp. It's a deadline-driven business. The deadline is the launch of camp so but, he's got some time to make the rounds yeah, and right. make his best decision whatever his decision may be whatever his options ultimately may be let, let me ask you this mike just you know we'll play the game a little bit right like would you rather go to buffalo and maybe only catch 55 60 balls something like that right you know okay yeah have a winning record be in the playoffs or would you rather go to the Patriots, yeah, maybe not a for sure thing to go to the playoffs, but we know they're a playoff caliber team. That and but yet now you're like the guy where okay now you're getting like 95 receptions, right? And maybe the same scenario for Tennessee, right? How how would you balance that out? What would be more important well, to you? Yeah, and this is one of the reasons that it's important to have a good agent because at a certain point the football player whose expertise is playing football says to the agent, what is your plan? Yeah, what is right. your vision? What do you recommend? Because there's different ways to look at it. I could go to Buffalo and I could pursue a championship. Yep. And I could be playing in January. Right. Deep into January and into February and all these other teams are home Watching making me. their notes about right. who they're going to pursue right. when free agency yeah. rolls around. There's so that could be good that. for me. Yeah, there's value. You're or, right. Or or I could go to New England and I could become full-blown Stepford Patriot and I could push back on any of this chatter that's out there that I'm not a practice guy, that I'm not a good locker room guy. I go to New England, I get the Bill Belichick seal of approval. Maybe that propels me into next year. You know, is it a multi-year deal that I want? Yes, right. The money plays. Guaranteed right. money? Right. Or do I want a one-year deal yeah. with a shot at the open market next year? There's a lot of different factors there really that is. need to be analytically assessed and laid out and the player and and this is i think true of any relationship where you've got the person who is the one supplying the thing that is attractive to someone else and then the person who's the conduit and also to a certain extent the architect of what the best approach is because at some point the player has to say okay thanks these are all my options what should i do what should i do I trust you. You've been here. You've done that. What should I do? What's your recommendation as to how I should handle this? And that's why it's important to hire an agent that you trust, that has experience, and that is able to eventually give advice to the player that that agent would give to the agent's son, nephew, friend, 
cousin, anyone that person has a relationship with and cares about. That's the kind of advice you want to get. And sometimes it's not easy. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes the agent, you know, won't have a recommendation. But I don't know, I was practicing law. I would lay out the options for a client and eventually the clients that were the easiest clients for me to deal with would say, What would you do? Right. And you give them right. you give them an assessment. I mean if push comes to shove, this is what I would do. So the agent's gonna have a big say in I think the recommendation, whether or not Hopkins takes it that's up to him, but why do you have an agent if you're not going to take the recommendation? Yeah. So there's different ways it can go. It all comes down to what he wants. You made this point yesterday. We don't know how much money he has right. saved. Right. We don't know we don't know what his his financial representatives have told him he needs to walk away from the game with. That's gonna be part of it too. Exactly. Is he trying to maximize money? Is he playing for his legacy? Is he playing for a ring? What does he want to do? Where does he want to live? Who does he want to be around? Does he want to be around Bill O'Brien again? Maybe he does. Does he want to be around Mike Vrabel again? Maybe he does. Maybe he values that. A lot of the recommendations are shaped by knowing what the client is looking for. Yeah, no, no question. You're 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 right about that. Uh, I I think it's it's interesting. You know, I think the money, of course, has to be a big factor in it. You know, in, in to the Tennessee, the Patriots, you know, the Titans, Patriots. How much more are they offering than the Chiefs or the Bills? Or where is that, you know, where is that line that you're like we talked about yesterday that you're willing to go, okay, I'll take this to play for the Chiefs or Bills and be in the playoff game like you're talking about. And what's that number that goes, okay, it's a little riskier here, but the money, I can't say no to this and I gotta go to Tennessee or, or New England. You know, that that's that's gonna be the tough part for the player. And the player, yeah, you lean on the agent. You know, especially on the business side, what makes the most sense business way, business? And then, you know, it's on the player to, yes, lean on the agent still more for some advice about, hey, you know, how do you feel? Do you think, you know, you know, talking to that team, did you feel like they really want me and all that? But the player at the end of the day, too, has to come down to go, wait, like you said, where do I want to live, you know? I'm the I'm the guy that knows receiver talent here. Which one makes the most sense for me? The offense, all of that, right? And I think that's uh, probably some of the things he's going to toy with here. But it doesn't seem like anything's like I- imminent right now, right, Mike? Uh, as far as like going to happen at this moment, but I-, I would think you know somewhere right before training camp, something like that. This is when somebody makes a move to get DeAndre Hopkins. No land rush for him, no land rush for Dalvin Cook, or they'd already be under yeah. contract. As we've said time and again, the teams know this routine, and they know when there's a veteran who lands on the market who possibly has an idea as to what he's worth that far exceeds what anyone is willing to pay. And step one in a situation like that is step back and let the player work through Whatever he's got to work through, anger, denial, bargaining, depression, acceptance, I'm not going to get what I want. Now the question is, can I get what I need? And what is my objective? Is it business? Is it I want to enjoy myself? I got one year left, maybe two. I want to have fun. I want to go somewhere where I have fun, where I'm around people I want to be around, where I'm playing with people I want to play with, where I am playing with a quarterback I want to play with. I want to play with Patrick Mahomes. I want to play with Josh Allen. I don't want to play with Ryan Tannehill, all due respect. I don't want to play with Michael McCorkle-Jones, all due respect. Speaking of Mac Jones, here yeah. it is from yesterday. Yeah. Discussing the possibility of DeAndre Hopkins becoming the latest member of the New England Patriots. Yeah, I think that's definitely a hypothetical, but I think DeAndre's a great player. I mean, you watch his film from, you know, college all the way through the NFL. He's done a great job. So, um, obviously, we'd love to have him, but we, we do have a great group of guys, and 
Um, we just know that we want to win, and I know that all the guys feel the same way, but I've been really pleased with the playmakers that we have on our team. Like, we've, we've come out here and really bought into the system, and that'll really show in training camp and preseason and stuff. It's sometimes hard to, you know, show that out here, but I'm, I've been really pleased with the tight ends, running backs, and all the receivers, um, the young guys, the old guys, like DP and everybody. So um, we have a good group, and uh, definitely feel like we just need to keep growing together, and whoever's in that room, we're going to try and dominate together. Nice to see it wasn't raining yesterday for the open-air press conference, unlike what it was doing for Kendrick Bourne. How do you get your numbers wrinkled on your jersey? How does that happen? How does your number get wrinkled? I mean, is it like the the dryer, right? Or uh, the, just too much dryer? Or, or it's like New England, too, where who knows? They just slap those things on there and go, here you go, rookie. Here's 10. Put your red jersey on. You know, go play football. Uh, but I, I'm guessing it's the dryer. And then you throw it in, you know, a damn sack with a bunch of other stuff. And I, I'm, I'm guessing that's how it happens. I don't know. Didn't they used to do something in New England? I thought they still did it where there's no numbers on any of the jerseys during the offseason program. So the reporters who have access don't know what the hell's going on. They did do that. Who's not? Yeah, they've done a little bit of everything, right? That, the rookies, I believe they've had years where they don't have numbers or they have weird numbers. I feel like the last few years, it's just been the rookies have had weird numbers, right? Where, yeah, like Mac Jones was number number 60 or something like that, right? Yeah, Yeah. something like that. But uh, yeah, I I don't, I haven't seen that. I don't don't feel like that happened last year and I haven't seen it this year. So they, they must have the numbers on. By the way, Mac Jones reportedly outdueling Bailey Zappi in the offseason workouts. And it's it's odd that Mac Jones clearly seems to be the better option. Yeah. But Bill Belichick won't say he's the guy. He continues to refuse to embrace the idea that he has a QB1 and a clear QB2. He's creating this sense of competition. I don't know how much of this is the aftermath of last year's dysfunction, and there was dysfunction. Yeah, It was created by Bill Belichick's bad idea. Sorry, Bill, I know you got all those rings, but you screwed up, and you know it. Your boss has said so. You never should have given the reins to Matt Patricia and Joe Judds. You know it. We know it. Let's just move on from it. But still, it created a wound to the relationship with Mac Jones. That was the starting point, and that led to manifestations of the friction and the dysfunction. And we saw it. It's basically a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde for Mac Jones. The guy that we see at the press conference is Dr. Jekyll. When things are going sideways on the field, that's when Mr. Hyde comes out. And we saw it over and over again last year. And it was just, he was at his... He was at his wit's end yeah. with everything that was I, going on. So, right. there it is. There it is. There it is. Oh, Quick, game bleep, bleep, bleep. Quick game sucks. Quick game sucks. So, uh, I, they're working their way through that. And and when you got a kid who's in his second year in the NFL who's going toe-to-toe with one of the great coaches of all time, you know, one of the way the great coaches of all time works his way through it is he's not going to hand him anything. He's going to make sure he's earned anything he gets in the year after they clear out that mess that they had last year on their offense. Yeah, I, I think so. And and in a way, I, I think Belichick likes it this way. I think he it's a big year for them. They didn't make the playoffs. Like you said, the owner's kind of throwing them under the bus a little bit here in the offseason. You know, the, the fan base is on them a little bit. He wants everybody on edge. He's on edge. So he's going to make everybody else on edge too. You know, they didn't do enough last year to get it done. 
So that's usually the correction that's made in an organization when you don't make the playoffs, especially New England. You know, New England's the type where they're on edge when they're like, we went 13 and four and we should have gone 14 and three. We're number one seed, but we should have been a number one, better number one seed. You're all on edge. I mean, that's the way they are. That's the, it's, it's just, that's the, the element up there. And I think he probably likes that with Mac Jones. You know, I always lean back to something I told you before with like Wes Welker back in the day. Maybe he notices that with Mac Jones. Maybe he knows when Mac Jones feels a little pressure and people are talking about Bailey Zappi and, you know, it's just you're not the starting quarterback. Maybe he feels that that's when Mac Jones, you know, hunkers down and studies his best and works his best and has the laser focus that, that they expect out of that quarterback position. You know, there, there certainly could be that, too. You can never, you know, let that go go or pass by with Belichick and the way he approaches things. But, you know, something we've discussed in the past, eventually I think it's important to throw your support behind yeah, Mac Jones. I agree. So the fans don't get confused. Uh-huh. Because you've got people in the fan base. They're a little confused. Zappi's better than Mac Jones. Yes, which is insane. It really is. And, and you know, I'd, I'd love to go back with people and go, let's watch the Bailey Zappi games. He did some good things. I know that. But, damn, they dominated in the run game. People were wide open. It's a little overblown that way. He's not in the league of Mac Jones. He's not. But, like, to your point, and I'm glad you brought it there because I wanted to go there, I, I don't feel like the na- the nation – you know, the national media, we all know it's Mac Jones as a starter. But you talk to New England fans, you know, Boston sports fans, which I know, you know, I know some just living up there and doing that. You know, the, the, there's a, 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 for whatever reason, a not it's not a love affair with Mac Jones. I, I don't know what it is there. And, yeah, they're, they're, they're prone to the, 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 the schism at quarterback here, and there's a liking of Bailey Zappi that yeah, does make things a little uncomfortable, I think, around that organization. This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun, where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The 
Paris Olympics this summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. By the time we get into training camp, they'll make it clear that Mac Jones is the guy just to take that off the table. Although we like a little drama, this just seems like it's misplaced. This isn't a true quarterback competition. The only reason anyone thinks it is is because Bill Belichick has been reluctant to come out and say that Mac Jones is the guy. And I still wonder how much of that dates back to all the stuff that was happening last year. And there was plenty of stuff happening. Some stuff we knew about. Yeah. Some stuff maybe we didn't know about between Belichick, Mac Jones, and ownership maybe caught in the middle. Not as Shakespearean as what happened when Brady and Garoppolo were there and power plays were made. But still, there was some stuff happening last year that that we do know about a little bit. And I do think it's left a little scar in the relationship. But they need to work together at some point because if Bill Belichick is going to have the kind of season he needs this year, nobody else is walking through the door to play quarterback for the New England Patriots. He better make it work with Mac Jones and now with Bill O'Brien running the offense. All right, let's uh, let's pivot to one of the issues that isn't going to go away anytime soon. Hopefully it will because it will mean that the players truly understand what they can and can't do and comply with the NFL's gambling policy. And I've been spending a lot of time thinking about this, talking to people about it. The league has reached out and sent me different pieces of information. I mean, the bottom line is, I just wonder, and I know in the past, they haven't done a good job of communicating the requirements of the gambling policy to the players. The league hasn't, and some of the teams clearly haven't, or we wouldn't have seen these suspensions that just kind of pop up from time to time. If the players knew, they wouldn't be doing it. Now, Isaiah Rogers, the guy who whose name came up most recently, yeah. seemed to think he knew enough how to right. get around it, and he was wrong. Right. You can't just show up at the facility with an account in an associate's name and place bets from your phone in the building. They're eventually going to find you. Big Brother is your phone, and Big Brother is going to betray you. But I just I, – I, I, and, and I wrote something about this this morning. I, I feel like the league – treats this policy like so many employers treat their HR policies, the manual that you get. Anyone out there that has a job, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, you know that when you show up, they got all these forms you got to sign. They got these videos you have to watch. There's all these boxes you have to check. And for a lot of it, the employer just wants to be able to say, We've harvested the signature on the document that says the person has received the policy. We don't care if the person reads it. We don't care if the person understands it. We just need the person to sign at the bottom line, I have received, read, and understand the policy. So we can cover our ass. We can stick it in the file. And if anything ever happens, we can say, aha, oh, but you wrote right here your name. You signed it. At the bottom. Right. You read it and you understand it. Don't try to tell us you didn't do it. You signed that you read and you understand it. That's not the way to properly communicate an important policy to people. And I think what happened was in the past, the gambling policy just kind of got lumped in with everything else. And it wasn't the the major blip on the radar screen that it should have been for players to truly read it, to truly understand it, to have the nuances communicated. And everything I see from the league about this I've gotten a couple of different documents lately. There's nothing that draws the clear, bright line distinction that if you bet 
on a sportsbook app on your phone outside the facility, you're fine if it's a sport other than NFL football. If you do it the moment you walk through the door, you're going to get suspended six games. I've never seen that clearly spelled out right, right. in any of the documents I've received. So if it's not there, how do you expect players to know it unless they learn it through players getting whacked for it? And even then, you wonder how much of that is going to really resonate and people are going to truly understand it if it's not a core part of the educational process. Again, multiple documents I've gotten in recent days. There's nothing in there that says it's okay to bet on NBA, baseball, NHL, MMA, whatever, as long as you're not in the building. The moment you walk into the building, you can't do it. There needs to be a very bright light that he's shining on that distinction. And I've seen nothing in the educational materials that shines that light. Yeah, it's obvious. You're right. There needs to be more, definitely. You know, I mean, they obviously got to put more around the building, the facility to remind players and keep it in their mind. You know, I'm a little like we talked about last week of like, wait, I've been in these meetings in this locker room. We heard players last week like C.J. Mosley, who's been around the NFL, he's like, how could you not know this? We have meetings and all this. But I think where maybe guys like, you know, older guy like me, C.J. Mosley, who's been around a little bit, right, and, you know, he's older as far as NFL world is concerned, where I, I think maybe I don't – I haven't taken into account, like you've talked about, maybe just the fact that, hey, I grew up in a different time. C.J. Mosley, when he first got in the NFL, it was even different to where, yeah, the culture's changed. To where gambling is just like you talked about a little last week. It's so a part of the mainstream and anybody over 21 is just like, hey, oh, yeah, hey, I'm betting on this. I'm betting on this. What are you betting on? Oh, me too. I mean, it's just constant to where, yeah, the messaging obviously is not enough for some of these young guys and, and, and players that we're seeing who are influenced by – our, our current culture and society and where this is at. Because I'm, I'm on the side of, you know, like, how could you not know this? It's thrown in your face in a lot of ways in the building, but obviously it's not enough for the way our world's set up right now with the phone and how easy and accessible it all is. Well, a lot of it gets deferred to the teams, where the teams are expected to properly communicate it. Some are, some aren't. And I'll submit, and I know the Lions are doing some great things. When you have that many guys get suspended, yeah. you have four who have been suspended and one who's under investigation, there has been a flaw somewhere in the process of educating the information to the players. You don't just accidentally have that many Fs on the report card, to use the metaphor that Sean Payton used in some sound that we played on Friday when you were swinging in your hammock. He said last week to reporters, if you've got all these kids with D's on the report card, at some point the teacher is the one to blame for it. So some teams are doing it right. Some teams aren't, but the league seems to me, and league, feel free to prove me wrong on this. It seems that they're more concerned about being able to say, hey, we told them. Hey, they signed the paperwork. Hey, we, we've, you know, don't blame us when they, when they falter, when they fail to properly stay on the right side of the line. We've told them. We've given them the information. It's up to them to read it and understand it. And there's plenty of fans out there that will just say, yeah, it's their fault. They're stupid. They don't care. But let's be realistic. We're talking about kids. We're talking about guys 21, 22, 23 years old who have their faces surgically attached to their phones. How do you get through to them? It's not, whoa, hey, we said all these things. That's fine. You can say all you want. But you have to make sure they get it. 
Do they get it? Yeah. Do they understand? And the little it? details, like you talk about, right? Yeah. That, that, that's the and 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 help them understand. Yeah. yeah. Make it come to life. What does this really mean? You can give me the rules, but you got to tell me what it means. You got to tell me where the line is. Where's the fence around the backyard that I know if I go over the fence, I'm in trouble. We don't know where the fence is. And this is from the document that was sent to me last night. This is from the NFL's educational efforts for 2023. And you look at it, okay, fine. Don't bet on the NFL, period. Don't have someone place a bet for you. Don't gamble at the team facility, stadium, while traveling for a road game or staying at team hotel. Don't share team inside information. Don't enter a sports book during NFL playing season and don't play daily fantasy football. Number three is the one that is vague. And it's the one where players aren't going to understand. They have every right to gamble at home. Yeah. They have every right to legally gamble at home. They can, And they have every right to legally gamble standing on the sidewalk out in front of the facility. That's what makes no sense about no, this. Doesn't. Somebody told me this yesterday. And, and here's, here, this is what's odd. This is what's odd to me. This is a rule. The entire gambling policy. Not collectively bargained. It all flows from the commissioner's power to protect, preserve, and advance the integrity of the game. And the union agrees this isn't collectively bargained. This is something that we acknowledge the commissioner has the power to do, to create the gambling policy for players, to set the limits, to set the rules, to determine the punishment. Okay, fine. Why is there a distinction then? Why did the NFL do a favor to the players? And I wonder how much of a favor it really is. Yeah, I don't know if it is. Where players are allowed to bet on anything but NFL football as long as they're not at work. But nobody else is. Coaches, no. Assistants, no. Trainers, no. Other employees of teams, the league, you can't wager on any sport at any time. Why are the players allowed to yeah. then? Why, Mike? What's Especially, your, what's... Espe- I, well, are you, well, it's time for the top five conspiracy theorists to come out. Go ahead and put up conspiracy. Mike, well, yeah, I what's ran your this two by cents? Miles Simmons what, on why, Friday. Yeah, what do you think? Well, why? I feel... There's no, is there I, no like well, human, I mean, there's no like rights issue or like you, you're taking away no. anything like that, right? There's nothing there, no. right? They've, they, they've got the power to say to the players, this all flows from the integrity of the game. Yeah. You can't bet on any sport, period. And it applies to everyone. I mean, if they're doing it for everyone who isn't a player, why don't they just do it for the players? Here's where conspiracy Mike comes in. I think that they like having the ability to catch someone violating the policy from time to time to create the impression that it's working. It's working. How do you prove that it's working? We got this guy. We got that guy. We got this guy. We got that guy. See, we're on that wall. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. And I am on that wall catching guys who are violating the policy. But this is stuff that's just fallen into their laps. The sports books are ratting them out. They don't have to put any work into it. They have no enforcement cost. They just sit back and wait for BetMGM or FanDuel or DraftKings or whichever other sportsbook partner they have to say, help, we caught another one for you. Here's your fish. We caught the fish, but you can show it to the world and, and say you caught it. And what it does, Chris, and this is where conspiracy might comes into play, <laughs> what it does is it cuts off, potentially, the curiosity that people like you and me would have as to what other violations may be happening that they don't know about that they aren't spending the money to investigate, that they don't want, Chris, to spend the money to investigate. The use of inside information, the sale of inside information, the arrangement 
through a friend or a family member to actually bet on football games. But if you do it in a smart way, you're not going to be caught, right? How much time and effort is the NFL devoting to finding and rectifying the non-obvious, the non-easy, the non-it-just-fell-out-of-the-sky-into-our-laps-by-way-of-the-evidence-we're-using-to-suspend-this-player. How much time are they really spending on those issues? And we never get to that point if they're able to kind of placate the masses by periodically saying, hey, we got this guy. Hey, we got that guy. Hey, it's working. That's my that's my I hear you a little and I, I, and I don't you. know whether they set it up that way, but that's the that's the practical result. We assume it's working. Look at the graphic. We assume the policy's working because they caught all those guys. Well, I, I hear you, but I, I don't know if it's it's getting the main goal done by within that conspiracy or, you know, what your thought there. I, I get your thoughts there. And, and when you were first going there, I was going, mm, you know, maybe he's got a point here. But. The other side of this, at least that came to my brain listening to you here, and as we flush it out like we do always, I just go, is it worth it to do that? I think it opens up more questions. We're all going, wait, who's gambling? What are they doing? Where I feel like if they just had a blanket, no, no, you know, no gambling policy, period, we'd have less reason to question things. But since it's the door's open a little bit, it makes We're you think, what else right, is what else is going yeah. on? So I don't know. You know, I can see either way there, and, 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 and I don't know sometimes. The NFL sometimes shows me they're much smarter than I think they are, and sometimes they do the opposite, so I'm not sure there. Some people, I think, would be placated by the information that they have, all these guys, they're catching, everything's fine, everything's good. Others would say, is this just the tip of the iceberg? Right. And how much of that iceberg do you not want to spend the money to go investigate and explore? I think that's one of the reasons why the league looks the other way on tampering. Why the league looks the other way on a lot of things that if the if the league was ferreting out these violations, eventually you're going to have someone in Congress or someone in a prosecutor's office somewhere say this this is an inherently corrupt organization. Let's go after them. Let's go. Let's go show the world how deep that rabbit hole goes. And it's infested with cheaters. It's infested with with criminals behind every great fortune is a crime no in front of every great fortune is a crime and it's playing out and they're not investigating it because they don't want the rest of the world to know how much is going on that shouldn't be and again this is just speculation i don't know any of this stuff but but i feel like that's why when there's for example teams taking liberties with the injury report clearly violating it Far more often than not, they look the other way. They oh, turn course. a blind eye, right, to right. use our phrase from yesterday. Tanking, they don't want to catch anybody tanking. They don't want to admit that anybody tanks. Because if they start saying to the world, we've got teams that are deliberately losing games, that's inviting a prosecutor, a, legis- a legislator, some politician, a regulator, anyone, to start giving them bigger issues. So, I, I, look, it's all I know is this. They're only catching the guys who, frankly have been dumb enough to violate the policy. And I don't want to say that it's all on them if there hasn't been a proper effort to educate them. That's the issue. I hear you. You have to factor in age, you have to factor in interest level, and you have to factor in it's on you as the employer to take the important policies and make it rise above the noise. Now it is because of these suspensions. Got to. Previously it wasn't. Right. One more point. Yeah. One more point. And this is what this is this this bothered me last night. The document that they sent me that had those six rules that we were talking about. Yep. It also points out that 
the, the union, the NFL Players Association, has opportunities to further emphasize the gambling policy during their visits to the club facilities. Like, okay, it's on the union, too, to spread this message, even though it's our policy. But it also says this. The agents for the players have the opportunity to participate in gambling policy education training led by NFL compliance officials. I talked to three different agents last night that said, I don't know, I've never been invited never. to participate in anything never. related to the gambling policy. What are they talking about? Never heard that. And, and I said, well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a nuance. It's not, it didn't say you were invited. It says you have the opportunity. And one agent said to me, what am I supposed to do? Show up at the Eagles facility and say, let me in? Yeah. Let me in for the gambling policy that I don't even know is being communicated to the players today? Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, I, I don't know if this applies across the board, but one agent told me I'd never even seen the policy on gambling until the union sent it out after all those Lions players and one Commanders player got popped back in April. Like, you got to disseminate this thing to the agents, and you got to make sure that they know it too. It all comes down to, are you truly trying to educate the players on what they can and can't do, or are you simply trying to cover your own ass so if the crap hits the fan, you can say, don't blame us, we told them. With, they signed the paperwork. Yeah, I hear you. They acknowledge Seems receipt that way of the policy. Yeah. Do you really want to teach them, or do you just want to say, hey, we tried? I, I, I just can come back the more we talk about this the second time in two weeks here where I just go, just the, the, the simple fix is easy. No gambling policy if you're playing in the NFL, period, period. You know, there's just going to be more, too many issues that are going to open up with this. And, and yeah, I mean, if somebody wants to go out of their – no gambling and they want to go out of their way and risk their job to get a cousin to bet, you know, and win $1,000 on the app because there's only a certain amount or a, a certain number you can go to on the app and all that. If somebody's willing to, to risk their career and all that because they want to win an extra 1000 or $2,000, you know, for a, a weekend game – Damn, I you know, I, I then they're just stupid altogether. But I just still think the fix, the, the easy fix here would be nothing. Just end it. Put the kibosh on it for everybody, and I feel like it'll be better for all of us, the players, the consumers, and, and everybody around the sport. I mean, th think about the way that a player would have to process that. Okay, if I play in the NFL, I can't bet on any sports, football, non-football. I can't bet. I, that's my trade-off. Yeah. I'm going to play in the NFL. I'm right. going to get paid accordingly, and I have to wait until after my playing career is over if I want to become an expert in betting on baseball. Right. right? That's 99.99999% of the players are going to say, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and play in the NFL. And for the one that says, no, I'd rather have the ability to gamble, they'll say, fine, see you later. We'll fill your spot with someone else. Right. They won't care. Right. So – and, and there's another point, Chris, and I'm glad we're having this conversation. This is one of the benefits of doing this show because, look, we don't do a lot of prep. We just show up and we talk. We have a conversation just like two guys sitting at a bar. Think about this. Think about this. One of the reasons they let players bet legally on other sports is because when you're doing it on your app, when you're doing it on the big brother that you're carrying around in your pocket, you don't run the same risk that used to be prevalent. Yeah. Where see Jimmy you got the a shark. Bookie. Right. You got to see you Jimmy got a the bookie. shark. Right. right. Uh, yeah. And 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 you're into Jimmy the shark for 10 large. And and you don't know where you're going to come up with it cuz it's the off season you're not getting your game checks. I know they've changed it now and the players get checks all year long. But, but bear with you. me. Yeah. Back in the old days. Yeah, Back gotcha. in the old days. Yeah. I don't have the money. I don't have the money. 
So, you know, Jimmy the Shark's got, got a proposition for me. He wants a little information, wants a little arrangement where, you know, every week, night before the game, going to give him a phone call, tell him, you know, what the game plan is the next day, tell him who's really injured, and who knows where that leads. That's why it used to be none of it, nothing, no sports betting of any kind. But here's the problem, Chris. I think I saw the numbers yesterday. 15 of the states where the NFL does business, only 15 of them have legalized gambling. California, where the Chargers, Rams, and 49ers play. There's no legal gambling there. Texas, Cowboys, and Texans, there's no legal gambling there. Florida, Jaguars, Buccaneers, and Dolphins, there's no legal gambling there. Now, when you look at the put, – put the, put the document up, the, the, the six rules, and, and this is straight from what the NFL sent me last night, that yeah. graphic we showed earlier that we'll show you again here in a second. Right. With all this talk about it's okay to bet as long as you're not at the team facility, will there be a nuance lost on the players in the states where it's not legal thinking, hey, I can call my bookie. I can bet on baseball now. I can bet on basketball. I can go 150,000 in the hole with Jimmy the Shark, and I won't have any issues. No, you can't illegally bet anywhere. That's part of it, too. So that just makes the message more convoluted. Back to your point. Let's just avoid all that crap. I think so. Let's just say you can't bet on any sports whatsoever. I don't get it. Who's going to stand up and say the players should have the right to bet on whatever they want to bet on? Sit down. I do. Because if we're truly concerned about the integrity of the game, it's a small price to pay to play in the NFL. You suspend any betting that you would engage on in any sport. Until after you're done playing in the NFL. I, I That's hope, not much to ask. No, I, I, and it I clears all this. It just clears the air, and we all understand what the rule is then. I agreed. I, that, that's, it's, it's, I, it, it, the more you think about it, you just go, I don't even understand. What, what, why is this policy here the way? Why is it written the way it is? I mean, again, it, you know, I, maybe I hang around with you too much, but the thought has crept into my mind over the last week, right? Conspiracy Chris has gone, man, maybe this, the NFL made it this way because, like, the gambling book, the, the sports betting books were like, hey, we, we'd like the 2,000 guys in <laughs> we the want league their to, to gamble a little. <laughs> we like the money. Business. And, I, I mean, hey, I hope it's not that shallow. <laughs> But hey, you know, there's four, there's four more spots in the top five conspiracy theories. You can still earn one of them. <laughs> Thank you. Howie will give you one of them. I hadn't thought of it that way. So, I hadn't thought of it that way. The, hey, you know, we need some whales here. Right. We don't want to turn away the guys with extra disposable income. Exactly. And we know these players got disposable income. Right. And they they need the juice. They like that energy. They, they like, like the bad NBA game. Hey, so let's get it going. Hey, you know? NFL. Yeah, that's what I mean. Hey, you know, I'm Hawkins just razor. Just that for fun. Hey, like you know, I'm using anybody's name here. A guy, you know. In, in, I don't know. Hey, Travis Kelsey. Hey, he likes to donate on NBA Finals games. We'd like to keep it going. I know Travis Kelsey. I don't I have no idea. I'm just throwing a no, name out. But yeah, you yeah. may be onto something because yeah. right. somebody explained this to me last night. Think about it. When does the NFL ever do anything that is regarded as a favor to the player? Right. It's very adversarial. Right. It's very confrontational. And this is an area where the union has surrendered the floor to the league. The union has said, this isn't a matter for collective bargaining. This is all part of the commissioner's inherent duty to protect the integrity of the game. Do whatever you want to do. And so the commissioner, in the exercise of his full authority to protect the integrity of the game, says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm in a good mood today. I'll decide to let the players bet on any sport other than pro football. Why the hell would you do that? Yeah, and no. maybe it is. Maybe it is. Hey, Roger, you know, we're paying you all this money. We would like to get a return on it. We would like to make some of the money back. And you got some young guys with a lot of money to burn, and they're carrying around those phones, 
And uh, why? Why do you, maybe we should let them bet on non-NFL sports so we can win some of that money back that we're paying to you right. hand over fist, right. so we can be your official sports book partner for the year 2023. I, you I, may be onto something, uh, conspiracy Chris. Know, we may hey, have to whoa. fix that graphic. <laughs> it may be you smoking a cigarette, not with tobacco in it, with all those lines drawn on the board behind you. I, I, I think so. I think maybe it's it's time. It's official. That we throw a graphic out there for me. I, I don't want to be the same guy you are, right? They got to find somebody else. But but, but yes, uh, I I think I'm ready for it. I'll jump in the in the pool with you there. All right, we're ready to take a break. Nearly an hour into the program. When we return, something that Lions rookie running back Jameer Gibbs recently said that is not new. If you've been paying to paying attention to, excuse me, the differences that Alabama players see from playing for Nick Saban and playing in the NFL. More PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 